Good morning and welcome to the morning beat. It's the day that I have been dreaming of for 11 years, Michaela Gordon. Let and me know. I'm not, setting the scene. It's not your birthday eve. I'm doing something tonight I've waited over a decade oh to do. Now, now listen, if you're new to the morning beat, strap in, buckle up. If First you of if all, you listen to us, Michaela, car. don't you dare, you don't got you ruin in my it, vehicle, don't ruin and it. You said, what if I had a knife and a screen mask? Okay, so that and sounds. I murdered you. That's not what I said. Press that's, for a screen coming out that's tomorrow. That's not what I you're said. A psycho. You just make things up. That's not what I said. I got in your car at 5 a.m. this morning, and I said, "Do you want to die today, Michaela?" That's what he got that's in my exactly car. Exactly what I said because I'm going freak, to see Scream boy. tonight. I've been waiting 11 years for this. Now, some people plan you know, their entire lives. And Nobody they wait does it like you, Every dude. four like years. Every wacko. four years, the Olympics come around. Every four years, we get to vote for president. Senators have to wait for six years. Yada, yada, yada. I've waited for 11 years for Scream 5. I do feel bad about this. You worked so hard to get to that premiere. I know. So it's the first time. And then time, it got canceled. For the first time in my entire life, I'm quote unquote famous enough to go to a big movie premiere as a guest, not as a reporter or anything else. And so my publicist had it all set up. And then he emailed me last week and he said, they said, you know, your one goal for 2022. Well, it just got canceled because of Omicron, the Scream premiere the other night, and I was devastated. But luckily for me and for my partner who hates horror films, uh, but still is planning to marry me this year, I bought tickets a month ago. So I'm going tonight. Uh, The movie officially comes out tomorrow. I've never been more excited about anything in my life. Okay, well, I'm going to dinner tonight for my birthday tomorrow. Oh, yeah, that's, that's also tomorrow. I'm going to the Soho house. Are you? Does that sound fancy? Have you been before? I went, like... 10 years ago. Okay, it wasn't open 10 years ago, but... Uh, I went, then I didn't go. Maybe seven or eight years. It could have been like seven or eight years. It could have been there then. Yeah. Then it was like eight years ago. Yeah. You're going to be a fancy girl. They have the best brunch. I've never been there for dinner during the week, but they have an incredible brunch. Well, I'm going. Also, just look great and be ready to network. Are there famous people there? <laughs> Everywhere. It's like the place. Are they going to sing happy birthday to me? Uh, Probably not. It's fancy. So it's Is there fancy, fancy etiquette that I need to know before I go into not this like joint? Not like that. It's not like stuffy. It's sort of like Chateau Marmont, but like the newer version. What if I walked in and was like, I brought my microphone and I was like, hi, everybody. Welcome to my birthday. Thank you guys for coming. Iconic. Robert De Niro, have a seat. I'll get to your table in oh, just no, a see, few Oh, no, see, that's where you're wrong. Robert De Niro is still going to like Chateau. Like the young celebrities are going to Soho House. Timothy Chalamet, you better sit down. He could be there. Sendaya, I'll be right there. For your birthday. Are you excited? I are you caught up? Are you caught up on Euphoria? No. You're talking to Zendaya. You should know. If you're talking to Zendaya, you should know. It's my birthday. Season two comes out, I think, this week sometime. It's a big deal. It's my birthday. Okay, so back to Scream. Just kidding. I'm super, super excited. Can't wait. I made our new producer, Vanessa, watch Scream last night, and I said, Vanessa, how was it? And what did you tell me, Vanessa? What did you say to me? Like, Be, be honest. What did you say to me? I said, how was it? I said that I really enjoyed the fashion. The no, music. no, that's not the first thing you said. What did you say? I don't remember. You said I, I watched, watched about 30, 30 minutes and then oh, I yeah, fell I asleep. About 15 minutes and then she got tired because she doesn't like cheesy films. Yeah. No, I got tired because I have the morning show. And then I almost walked out. Yeah. That's where we are. But she also had therapy yesterday, which made her tired. And then she realized she <laughs> I didn't. had therapy too. But she came to the realization she doesn't need therapy anymore because and then of I, us. 
I had therapy. Then I got in your car the next morning and asked you if, if you wanted me to murder you for fun. So mm-hmm. here we are. Yeah. Good morning. Welcome to the morning. <laughs> you have a fantastic show coming up for you. What would you do if, say, you're going on a first date or or you go to like your first date, your new job, uh, you're in a hotel room in a foreign city, and a quarantine lockdown happens and you're stuck there for a week? How do you handle it? One woman was on a first date and that exact thing happened to her. We're sharing her story and sharing our worst case scenarios coming up in about 15 minutes. Right now, though, it's time for news on the beat. All right. Well, Tina Kotek was the first lesbian to be Speaker of the Oregon House of Representatives, and she is also the longest serving speaker. Now she's running for governor, and she'd be the first lesbian governor of Oregon or any U.S. state. Oh, Vanessa, we do have a lesbian button over I'm there somewhere on the side. I'm sick of that button. I never so want to hear it again. Feel free to find it. Just randomly, since you don't know which one just it is, press just, anything just press right now. one button. Any button. We can't hear any, any of them. Any sound effect, Vanessa. Just one. Ready? Go. Give it. That's, All right. That's, that's that's that works, too. Sure. Okay. That's the new sound for lesbian. Sure. Anytime we say it. <laughs> uh, she's one of several candidates seeking the Democratic nomination, and there are numerous Republicans. And one unaffiliated candidate in the race as well. The party primaries will be May 17th and the general election November 8th. The field is so large, uh, partly because Governor Kate Brown is prevented from running again due to term limits. Brown, a Democrat, is the first out bisexual governor in the U.S. Lesbian. Yes! That's okay. That's kind of accurate, too. You got it. Mm-hmm. We'll take that. <laughs> in other news, a federal judge in New York on Wednesday denied a motion to dismiss a lawsuit against Prince Andrew filed by Virginia Jeffrey, a woman who alleges she was sexually trafficked to the royal when she was underage. Ms. Jeffrey's complaint is neither unintelligible nor vague nor ambiguous. Uh, judge Lewis Kaplan wrote in a ruling... It alleges discrete incidents of sexual abuse in particular circumstances at three identifiable locations. It identifies to whom it attributes that sexual abuse. Jeffrey alleged in the lawsuit that the later uh, Jeffrey Epstein trafficked her and forced her to have sex with his friends, including the prince, and that Andrew was aware she was underage in the U.S. at the time. She alleges the prince sexually abused her at Epstein's private island in the U.S. Virgin Islands, at his mansion in Manhattan, and at his former girlfriend, Glenn Maxwell's home in London. It's so crazy. I was all over this story, and then I felt like it just left the news completely. Nobody was talking about well, it. Well, after Jeffrey Epstein was killed or or committed suicide or killed took his life by suicide uh it kind of went away for a while but virginia has been very very like consistent in her storytelling of these her, her version of these events virginia uh, that's the woman is her name virginia what's her name no well this woman's not virginia this woman is uh oh yeah oh sorry yeah her first name's virginia yeah i've seen her talk about this oh you have TV. yeah I've, I've watched specials on this it's really fascinating stuff. yeah but she's been very consistent in her retelling of, of hers her her version of events so uh this one we've got to keep an eye on um but let's do some uh, weather let's do some other babe 70 in la 63 in vegas 73 in palm springs 72 in houston 55 in kansas city and 75 in miami give us a vibe Challenges are what make life interesting, and overcoming them is what makes life meaningful. That's an amen. I love that vibe, babe. All right, coming up, being stuck with a person without a personality is awful. (laughs) Tell me about it. What would you do if you got stuck with this person after a blind date for weeks? Coming up next. Good morning, B. Channel Q. All right, so this is really a worst-case scenario. 
And as we've gone in and out of lockdown and quarantine the last couple of years because of this pandemic, one woman in China, she's actually in the Zhengzhou region of China. Uh, It's a city of about 13, 14 million people. So very, very large metropolitan area. Uh, She's identifying simply as Wang, which is her last name. So she goes on a first date. And she has uh, since been documented on social media because the first date's not over. Well, it is now, but it wasn't for a while. Mm-hmm. Her first date, her parents set her up on 10 blind dates, by the way. Talk about parents that are involved in your life. No way on earth would I let my mom do that. Eh, maybe my mom, but I don't know about the 10. It's a lot. Mm-hmm. Goes on a first date, and this man decides he wants to show off his culinary skills and cook for her. Red flag. Oh, it's a woman going on a first date to a man's home. A little bit dicey for me. Yeah, I would never. Meet somewhere in public where your friends know where you are, whatever. But she agrees. She goes on this first date. Well, as she's there, things are spiking, which Omicron didn't just come out of nowhere. So you should have kind of known, in my mind, you should have known, eh, maybe don't go to somebody's house right now. Because the thing that happened to her while she was there on that first date is almost unimaginable. They go into lockdown while she's there. She's not allowed to leave his home. I would scream. What an awkward first date. First of all, she said the guy has no personality whatsoever, and she described his cooking as mediocre. He's not even good in the kitchen. Not mediocre. Why do you invite somebody over to dinner if you can't cook them a proper dinner? That's what I want to know. First of all, I actually think that's an iconic skit. Like, imagine being like, hey, everyone, I'm having a dinner party. Come over. And you're terrible. And you, like, burn everything. And you're like, sit down. I think that was part of the plot to National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Remember the turkey scene? Oh, yeah. And then the jello mold with the the cat food in it. Yes, Mm -hmm. that's amazing. Sort of been done, but this is wild. So I'm kind of curious to know, what is your worst case scenario? Where's one place you would never, ever, ever under any circumstances want to be stuck if we went into a quarantine lockdown right now, Michaela? Don't say this studio. I will walk out as long as I'm still able to. Where would I not want to be stuck? Have you ever had a first date that was so miserable? And can you imagine if it went on for a week? No, because here's the thing. I don't keep myself in those situations. COVID or not, I'd be like, goodbye. You've never been uncomfortable for three minutes? I watched watched yesterday as you dealt with a situation with a lot of discomfort. What situation? that had gone on for an entire week. Look at me. Which one? Mouth it. What? Okay, got it. Um, (laughs) You know exactly what I'm talking about. I wouldn't want to be stuck. Okay, I'm a little bit claustrophobic, so I wouldn't want to be stuck in a small space. And remember when we did that story of the woman being stuck for four hours on the plane's bathroom? Oh, yeah. Because she tested positive? Terrifying. I would not want to be stuck in a small space. I feel like I would immediately have a panic attack because I'm a little claustrophobic. And I'd be so upset. So let's say this. You had to go to a work meeting upstairs and sit in front of a whiteboard for seven days straight. You'd be okay with that? I had to when we started here. <laughs> we did. And I was like, I'm not the nine to five gal. <laughs> it's so hard because my, my least favorite thing about this job is whenever we have a meeting. Doesn't matter who it's with. Doesn't matter how long it lasts. I hate them all. I think everybody feels like that though. Yeah. Where do you not want to be stuck? Oh gosh. I will say this. I went on a date one time years ago with probably one of the nicest guys I've ever gone on the date with. Very, very, very kind, uh, super talented. He's an actor. He's on a like on a show right now. I think he's on a, on a, a cop drama or something like that right now. And I've seen him pop up from time to time over the years. We went on one date, and I was so excited to go with him. And I go, I sat down. I didn't make it to the meal. I had a glass of wine before dinner, 
and I've never I've never done this, and especially this was 12, 13 years ago. Uh, I I got up and I said, I'm going to head home. Thank you so much for this. I've got the wine. Uh, I don't think this is right for me, so I'm going to head out. What did he say? It, he was just almost too nice and very very boring, like the most dull what did he conversation. Say when he said, I gotta go. Uh, he looked shell shocked. And I got out of there, and I got home. My sister was there. She was like, wait, what? You finally went on a date, and what? You're home in 30 minutes? You know what? Uncomfortable. So I, I can't imagine this poor girl stuck in, a, stuck in a home for a week with a first blind date. No way. I would never. I did actually get taken on a date by a guy when I was 18. I got into his car. It smelled like crayons because it was a Jetta. You know, Jettas smell like crayons. It's a thing. Smell what? Them. They do. You can Google it. And he, we were talking on the way to dinner, and he said, how old are you? And I said, 18. He drove me back home. I thought 18 was too young. Then I saw him a couple of years later, and he's like, you're so hot. I should have never done that. And I was like, too bad, bitch. I date women now. Bye. The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. I just want to give an update on a recent comment that Michaela Gordon made. Uh, I thought you were insane. I really sort of ignored it. You said a moment ago uh, that... Uh, uh, cars smell like crayons or Volkswagens? Jettas, Jettas smell like crayons, and okay. you Googled it and go on, sis. Okay, so Jerry, listening uh, in northern Kentucky. Oh, God, Jerry, love you, babe. Not to be confused with Cincinnati. My brother-in-law, Jerry, he's a big hey, part of our Jerry, show. Hey, Jerry, love you, honey. Just so you know. He said, what the F? I had a Passat, and it didn't smell like crayons. And then he said, uh, I said, apparently, you can. Or you said you can Google it. And he was like, F yeah, I'm going to Google that. So he did, and this is what he found. The most accepted reason that, uh, why Volkswagens smell like crayons is because of melting wax the wax, which is used to coat undercarriage, the undercarriage of the car, melts during the hot climate. When the wax melts, mm-hmm. the odor that is released can smell mm-hmm. like that of crayons. So you might wonder mm-hmm. if you need to do something about it. Apparently, uh, Volkswagens can smell like crayons. Yeah, Jerry, shut up! Don't try to correct me on my own. No, show. he's agreeing with you now. No, he first said. No, he first tried to not agree with me. Well, I thought you Googled. were insane too, because nine times out of ten, you are. Well, you know what? You know who else was insane? Albert Einstein. Hmm? But he was a genius. <laughs> and you know who this is? Wow, you just compared yourself to Albert Einstein. Me and Albie. I Me love you so Al. much. Okay, so this story is really fascinating. Uh, we came across this story uh, from Queerty, part of the LGBTQ Nation family. I just did a collaboration with them recently. Go check out my Facebook page, my Twitter. Uh, Emil and I did a really cool thing with LGBTQ Nation and Toyota up in San Francisco. It's a lot of fun. I caught uh, it. Miss Juanita Moore was our guest of honor. Uh, if you know the drag scene in San Francisco, you know Juanita Moore. She is an icon. Um, but the story comes to us from Queerty. It's a popular advice columnist, uh, Judith Martin, uh, better known as Miss Manners. Uh, somebody reached out and said that uh, this woman, her nephew's wedding is in Washington, D.C., right? Except for her husband uh, of 40 years this woman's been married to uh, is homophobic and said at the beginning of her nephew's relationship, I will never go to a gay wedding because he feels that it's not a real marriage. She says, what should I do because he always has the last word in this relationship, this husband of 40 years. Uh, but then he's also trying to say after after that upset her, he says, I won't support it, I won't go to it. Now he's saying, well, Washington, D.C. is a dangerous place, so that's another reason. Um, and she wants to know what I should do. Do I go in spite of him and I cause a rift at home? Uh, or do I not go and uh, because of my husband and cause a rift with my nephew and the rest of my family? And this one actually hits really close to home for me, and I think that a lot of people who are in same-sex relationships who are maybe planning a wedding can can relate to this. Yes. We went through a moment about a week or so ago where we started sort of letting our, our <clears throat> guests, we sent out our invites a couple of months ago to our wedding in June, and our wedding is in Mexico. 
right, during Pride Month. It's very specifically during Pride Month for that reason. And we just really want to showcase our love and let people know that, you know, it is possible. And we've been together almost 10 years. And so our families have been, um, for the most part, very supportive. My family a little bit more than my fiance's. His family is, uh, some of them are very, very religious. Um, and uh, Jamaican part of his family is. The rest of them are from the Deep South. So there's a little bit of like anxiety about the whole gayness of it all. Plus, you know, it's it's another country. I'm a white man. I don't really know what all the issues are, right? But there's just discomfort. And we initially were hearing, oh, maybe it's Mexico. Maybe it's Mexico. Maybe it's Mexico. Well, it's tough because we're also in an and extreme COVID, pandemic, pandemic and a lot of your family members are old. Absolutely. So those are all very, very valid. Then we slowly started to find out that some of the family members, members, it wouldn't have mattered if it was in their backyard during the healthiest of times. Yeah. That they just could not support our marriage. And that sort of broke us for a few days because we've been in their homes. They've they've cooked for us. We've laughed together. Uh, and I thought we had a fantastic relationship. And according to their religion, they can't support this. Although... Some of his aunts have been married and divorced multiple times. Well, that's always what it... I mean, it's crazy to see how people right. judge. Mm-hmm. I think that for when least I've never had this problem. Like, I, my cousins wouldn't uh, don't like that I'm gay, but they would come to my wedding. I just don't want to invite them because I don't like them. But I... Lisa's family... She told me this the other day, and I never knew this because she went to therapy. Her mom told her if she ever told her dad that she was gay, she would kill him. He would have a heart attack and die. And so she never told her dad that she was gay. And he passed away a few years ago, right? And he passed away uh, Mm. very quickly also. However, we started dating at the time that he started uh, to pass as he was in hospice. Mm. And he knew me. He knew exactly what I was to Lisa. But they never had that conversation because her family is... uh, Jehovah Witness Armenian and they did not want her to be gay and I never knew that about Lisa we've been together for it'll be seven years this year Mm -hmm. and there were so many things I didn't understand about Lisa and we're doing like this deep dive now probably makes more sense now it so makes sense and it's so crazy that our our community has to deal with this culturally and for being gay, Jamaican, Armenian. Well, yeah, because everybody keeps things. saying, oh, this is the happiest time of your life. That year when you're engaged and you plan a wedding is the time of your life. Our wedding planner keeps telling I'm aside, And I said, I, you haven't done a lot of same-sex marriages and weddings, have you? Yeah. Because apparently, apparently this is very common. A lot of the same-sex couples we've been talking to are like, oh, get ready. I talked to a good friend of mine whose name I won't say on air, but they're getting married in a couple of months also in Mexico, and very high-profile same-sex couple. And uh, the one guy said, I didn't even invite my mom. Yeah. My mom's just not – I didn't send her an invitation because it's just so uncomfortable. We're creating our own family now, and we've really had to get into that mindset uh, to this woman who is – Asking Miss Manners if she should go to her nephew's wedding or not, you sure as heck better go. You should go. You pick I out your fanciest like... dress. You can, there's no there's well, no dress that's too listen, over the top. Gay or not, you should never be in a relationship where yes. you're not making choices for yourself. If you want to go to the mall, if you want to wear nothing outside. A 40 year marriage. And also, we're not going to use words like punish. He said he will punish her yep. if she goes. And I think that that should be the story. Be in a relationship yep. where you can be authentic 
authentically you well, and it's not. Either way, there's going to be issues. Yeah. Do you want to deal with issues at home or issues with the rest of your entire family? Because they, they might be different and you might think to yourself, well, I'm at home all the time, so that's difficult. Well, maybe that's not where your home should be. Maybe that's not the man you should trust with your heart and, and your life. You know what I mean? Yes. I know that's easier said than done, especially after a 40-year marriage, but. Listen, I, my friend, uh, one of my friends, his it's they're a Syrian and the mom is older and the dad just like up and left the mom after 40 years mm. and she has no idea what to do. She can't drive. She doesn't know how to get gas. She doesn't know how to do anything by herself. And it's just so sad to see these women from 40 years ago think that that was culturally what they were supposed to yep. do. And then these men can leave them at any point. Go to the wedding. Enjoy also, your yourself. nephew's wedding is probably going to be a blast. Go live your best life. It will be a blast because we're fun. All right. Well, speaking of weddings, big news coming out of Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly's camp. Uh, But what they said feels a little performative and we'll discuss next. Good morning, Beat. Channel Q. Remember when Megan Fox was let go of the Transformers franchise? And I thought... What on earth are they doing? She sort of disappeared, went off into obscurity for years. Nobody heard from her. That's right. Nobody knew what was going on. Well, honey, she has made a comeback. Uh, What's popping? First of all, her name was Michaela in the Transformers, and she was the most beautiful specimen I ever laid my eyes on, so I was very... Oh, you're right. I know. I know. I always am. So she fell off the face of the earth, and now she's back. And she's back in a kind of... um. An interesting way. So she made headlines again. She started dating Machine Gun Kelly. It feels like rock and roll is coming back right in time for my album. That's not a plug, but it is. And uh, she's like besties with Kourtney Kardashian, right. Travis Barker. It's like a movement They're happening. like a cool double date. Yes. It's And now I feel like all my emo dreams are coming back. Yeah. Like we're moving Avril into- Avril Lavigne has an album coming yes, out. Yes. My so chemical <laughs> romance is coming back. This is a moment, okay, that I'm very much here for. And it looks like Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox are very much here for each other because yesterday the couple got engaged. Machine Gun Kelly proposed to Megan Fox. It was a fairy tale video. Um, and then they wrote their caption. <clears throat> the caption said, We asked for magic. We were oblivious to the pain we would face together in such a short, frenetic period of time, unaware of the work and sacrifices the relationship would require from us, but intoxicated off of the love and the karma. Somehow, a year and a half later, having walked through hell together and having laughed more than I ever imagined possible, he asked me to marry him. And then we drank each other's blood. <laughs> what? What? You drank what? each other's blood? Okay, here's the thing. I always, I feel like Megan Fox got compared a lot to Angelina Jolie. Yeah. And I, I can, can see that. See that. Sure. Tattoos, they're gorgeous. Yes. Like a certain body type. Mm. Yeah. But then Angelina Jolie famously uh, drank. I don't, her she her drink, brother's blood. She no, wore a vial she had of Billy, it. Uh, a Billy Bob Thornton. Billy Bob Thornton's blood. That's who it was. She and kissed was her like, brother. Yeah. I get him confused. Yeah, it's and that's okay to confuse. <laughs> So I feel like it's a little performative because I also feel like that's a weird thing to caption. But like, also, what are you branding? What's going on? Do we sort of miss performative though? Because she's of that era when those things were happening. Yeah, she, I mean, I, Gaga, I, Angelina. Yeah, Gaga wore a meat dress back then. You remember that? The Kermit the Frog dress? I kind of miss performance art. You're rethinking it, aren't you? Mm, I'm going to go home and cut Lisa's finger and drink it. What if I just went home and I was like, Lisa, prick your finger right now. I'm sucking your blood out. I'm going to do that when I go home to see how it goes. I don't know if I'd be turned on by that or if I'd be like, you're weird. Lisa's going to have a little accident. She's a little clumsy. She'll like poke her finger or something. And I'm just going to be like, 
She is a little clumsy. My baby. God bless her. I love you, Lisa, with your little clumsy self. Just Aww. falls anywhere. Uh, okay, well, listen, if you miss performative art, I'm here for it. Either way, the couple is engaged. She also gave her this emerald rock, which I love too. Maybe engagement rings are changing yes. and they're not your traditional halo. It's boring and basic. I told Lisa when she gives me a ring, I don't. Also, if you have a halo, it's beautiful. I know a lot of people do. <laughs> you're kid. just boring and basic. Woo. If you I wear like a halo want... engagement ring, you're a basic bitch, according basic to me. Michaela Gordon. So, But also, am I wrong? Emerald works too. Emerald's beautiful. I love Look, it. Look, I, I love to see all of this coming back. For me, it's very nostalgic. It was my high school era, and I'm happy the couple is happy. And so congratulations. All right, coming up. As pretty people, do you believe you have pretty, pretty privilege? Do you think it would be different if you were ugly? Did our, did our producer, Vanessa, put the story in here talking to us as if we're pretty people? Are wow. we the pretty people, Vanessa, no. or are we just talking like in general? Wow. I love it. Vanessa, she, say I'm pretty. She, she's smiling ear to ear right now. Vanessa, I wore my makeup you from last night. You guys might be pretty. Bye. <laughs> B Morning B. B. Channel Q. Coming up this hour on the morning beat, uh, I'll be blushing for the next uh, 20, 30 minutes or so because our producer put a story in in about 12 minutes from right now, and she asked the question, as pretty people, do you believe you have pretty privilege? Do you think it would be different if you guys were ugly? Her words, not ours. I know, that's uh, right. Because of a story of an attractive woman revealing that she got concert tickets, free drinks, better health care because of her looks. Is pretty privilege a real thing? We're discussing coming up here on the morning beat in 12 minutes from right now. Stick around for that conversation. I'm excited to have it. <laughs> Very excited to have it. Uh, right now, though, it's, I'm excited about news on the beat. What's going on, Michaela? Well, fact checkers from factcheck.org and the Washington Post say that a letter from the National Institutes of Health regarding research on coronaviruses has been taken out of context. According to the fact checkers, the letter says that research by EcoHealth Alliance is not linked to the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic and the bat coronaviruses under examination in their research organization's experiment are not closely genetically related to the current pandemic's novel coronavirus. The NIH also confirmed that EcoHealth Alliance experiments conducted in Wuhan Institute of Virology in China have no link to the COVID-19 pandemic and did not produce SARS-CoV-2, according to factcheck.org. Uh, all right. In other news, Minneapolis Council member Andrea Jenkins, a black... Oh, sorry. We did that story. You have to refresh your art. <laughs> refresh your page. Are you doing the stories from last hour because you went to the wrong one and I teased a different story that you're not doing right now? Is that what's happening live on the air? How about the national blood shortage? I know Michaela what to Gordon? do. A national blood shortage. I know what to do. I what see I it. <laughs> I was getting there. I was just still thinking, we have a national blood shortage because Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly are drinking it all. That's, that's why. That's, that's why. the news story. Look at you. That's a transition. All right. The Red Cross has announced that for the first time in American history, we are facing what they are calling a national blood crisis. Due to the increase in COVID infections, there's a lack of people donating blood, plus a high number of blood drive cancellations and staffing shortages. These have led to the country having a dangerously low blood supply. In 2021, the Red Cross had a 34% decrease in new donors, a frighteningly large decline. Now, this seems like a particularly important and relevant time to once again consider the FDA bigoted, unscientific ban on gay men giving blood 
that has lasted for almost four decades. If the nation's blood supply does not stabilize soon, life-saving blood may not be available for some patients when it is needed. This is not probably a story I should tell on air, but I really wanted to give blood when I was like in my early 20s. And I was like, I'm gonna do this. I wanna do this for kids. This is so important to me. I've got the blood that everybody needs. So I forgot when the appointment exactly was and I was like 21. And I went out and I got drunk because that's what I did. And then the next day I had to go to my blood appointment and they took my blood and I think I was like so hungover and they never called me again to take blood. And I just, I think about that more than I'd like they to took, admit. They took vials of whiskey out of you probably. It was first, Jameson. First of all, it Jameson was Patron. Is, Jameson and cigarettes probably. It was Patron and cigarettes. <laughs> and I've never lived that down. <laughs> why, is, why, why is there a high level of agave, blue agave in your blood? What's going on, Michaela? What happened? Oh, her blood is... Do you know how much blue agave is going to be in your blood during my wedding in Mexico? I can't wait. It. Blue blood. I've already... I've, <laughs> This whole different take on it. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> you come from a family of police officers. I don't think they would agree with that statement. Uh, what was the, I've That's given? True. I've given you uh, one mission uh, during our wedding week in Mexico. God, I said our wedding week. I meant me and my fiance, it's not ours. mine and this yours. Is a time we're Stop trying together. to sleep with me, Michaela. You weirdo. I don't uh, want to sleep with you. I just want to wear a veil and stand next to I you. I gave guys. you one mission regarding my mother in Mexico, and it was what? Kathy, Kathy. She kissed her on the mouth. No. Oh, to get her Patron. <laughs> she loves shots of Patron. We're taking those shots, Kath. <laughs> and then I'm going to smooch you right on the mouth. Oh, gosh. Show you gays are that. great. All right, let's get into weather. She did play softball back in the day, so who knows? She might be into she it. She wants me. That is a broad stereotype. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I need to do better. But also every softball player's game. Uh, a high of 75 in Miami, 57 in San Francisco. A high of 72 in Phoenix, 52 in Seattle. 46 in Baltimore, 37 in Buffalo, <laughs> and 39 in Chicago. You're thinking about kissing my mom, aren't you? No, I'm thinking about something you said on air when you first started here, and then Brian came in and was like, don't ever say that on air again. I'll tell you when we get off air. I'll I, say it again next time we're on air. I know okay, you perfect. will. <laughs> Here's your vibe of the J. The, of the J. <laughs> AJ? Vibe of the oh, AJ. Vibe of the AJ. I should probably say AJ, because... The J of it all is a little bit yeah, awkward. It's, yeah. Okay. It's, it's Moving weird. on. Challenges are what make life interesting, and overcoming them is what makes life meaningful. Amen. It's the vibe of the AJ. My vibe of the AJ. <laughs> I love it. All right, coming up, we're talking pretty privilege. Do pretty people uh, get to do things that ugly people don't get to do? I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know either, but Vanessa would, and we'll talk about it next. The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela. Channel Q. So our new producer, Vanessa, We're obsessed uh, with her. just been here for less than a week. And uh, when I came across this story, I said, you know what? We found our girl, Michaela. Yeah, we did. Because she's asking the question, hey, as pretty people, do you guys get things for free? Do you get privilege because of your pretty? <laughs> I thought nobody's ever seen me like this woman has seen me. I... I was kind of full of myself for a moment, and then I realized that we're doing this story because there's an article uh, about a girl going viral on TikTok asking about pretty privilege. So it's really not so much about us. It is about us. <sighs> That's why I love you, Michaela Gordon. So is pretty privilege a real thing? This TikToker has sharing that she's received uh, pretty basic stuff like free drinks, uh, uh, kinder treatment, but also more 
sort of fancy things like concert tickets, a $100 Uber ride from the airport one time, which is kind of wild to me because how do you get away with that? Uh, and what is the payoff for the Uber driver? But that's neither here nor there. And people are really weighing in and sharing their thoughts. Uh, some people saying, you know what, you do get a lot more perks in life. It's a lot easier if you're pretty, whatever pretty means, right? Yeah. Standard pretty. Uh, but other people are saying, listen, it's really difficult to be good looking because sometimes people don't take you seriously. They don't respect you the same way. Um, so from one pretty person to another, mm. Michaela, uh, do you think that pretty privilege mm. is a real thing? Let me use my pretty voice. It's not your pretty voice. Trust me. Voice. <laughs> That's your pretty voice. <laughs> I don't know. I think, yeah, I do. Because I think that uh, people like pretty, you know, and I think that it also shows that maybe you care about yourself, which is like a thing. I never felt pretty and I never, I still am insecure. I still am like trying to get into feeling myself. That's why I was always funny because I felt like I was the funny girl, not the pretty girl. However, uh, I have been given perks for people thinking that I am attractive. I've seen girlfriends of mine get uh, treated differently based off of uh, if they're pretty or not. I, mean, I think it's like a, an, a full thing. Well, you're from Las Vegas, so it's a different level there, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've, I've tried to get a job in Vegas one time as a bartender and, and learned very, very quickly piece. that looks are everything there. Mm-hmm. Uh, certain casinos will not even look at you if you don't look a certain way, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's crazy because it's like the home of bottle service girls, and they're having auditions right now. It's so funny. They're having Because the summer ser- season is coming mm-hmm. up. Yep, I, that's what I went there for one yeah. year. It's, I write about it in my book, and yeah. I did not get hired, and I had, I had like seven or eight years of bartending experience, and I thought I was good-looking enough. Uh-uh. It nope. doesn't matter. You don't have to have any kind of talent. You don't need to have any kind of resume. If you have a nice body and a pretty face, mm-hmm. you get hired in Vegas. And pretty is, uh, there's still the stereotype of the fake boobs, uh, veneers, long hair. Do you think you're pretty? Um, yeah. Yes. You're gorgeous. No, you're stunning. Um, and I, I think that I'm good looking. Vanessa, our producer, said something interesting. Oh, I think you're so handsome. Well, thank you. She said something interesting that, but it's also subjective because I remember years ago when I got my Invisalign, how many people told me, oh, don't do that. I love your imperfections. I think they're great. And I hated my teeth so much. Yeah. And so it's all in the eye of the beholder. Vanessa said, though, that she thinks part of what makes me pretty is my height. And for much of my life, still to this day, sometimes, I hate it. I'm six five and a half. It's a lot. No. If I, I could have topped out at like six three, I would have been set. If you were a straight guy, <clears throat> you could have any girl you wanted because there's one stipulation for women, tall. They literally just tall well, because feels protected. On average, we're all taller than all of you. For most male female combos, usually the man is the taller one. Not a lot of yeah. women are comfortable being with a man who's shorter than them. Totally. So that makes sense. With men it can go both ways. However, a lot of men are like, I don't want somebody taller than me. Yeah, yeah, that's they true. They want to be the man or whatever that means. Well, growing up, and I think Vanessa will agree with me, I'm short. I'm 5'2". What are you, 5 feet, Vanessa? Not even. I wish. You're 4'11". Oh, I'm 4'11". Yeah, I can tell. You're tiny. <laughs> tiny. Well, growing up, I hated being short because what was represented was models. Skinny, tall, long leg models. The Victoria's Secrets models. Like, what was pretty was tall women. And I was like, I hated my height. 
now at well, my age. Well, thank God for Rihanna and Fenty. I Savage Fenty. Now the, the beauty the beauty standard is different. Yeah, but now I love my height. I would not want to be any taller than 5'2". I like to wear heels because I like my legs to look sexy, girl. Yeah. But I love being short. I think it makes me mightier. Well, this is interesting. According to a 2015 report, uh, physically attractive workers earn up to 15% more than those considered less attractive. And a separate 2017 study found attractive female college students achieved better grades than unattractive ones. Yeah. That's fascinating to me. I want to know, just out of curiosity, off the top of your head, what is the what is the what is the the moment in your life where you maybe were gifted something or given something for free uh, and you think it was because of your looks? Listen, I have a tea for sugar babies. I've had men that have wanted to take care of me because whatever they like me. One guy wanted to buy me a Chanel bag and it came off of a really funny story. He came to see me sing. He wanted me to have a Chanel bag. And I was like, can I just have the money? Like, can I just have the five grand? I need that more because I need it for a show. And he was like, okay. And then I took the $5,000 and I invested it in my show, uh, Idolatry, that I created for American <laughs> Idol. And that was the after show. And so, yeah, I mean, I that is what I got. But it was so great. And so... If you are going to get gifts, ask for money, invest in yourself. <laughs> the fanciest thing I ever got for being so, <clears throat> sorry, I get emotional, for being so, so pretty um, <laughs> is my fiance. Because I'm, 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 I'm quite certain that he's only with me for my looks. That's it. Shut I'm up. I'm kind of a panther in the sack too, but that's neither here nor there. Um, I can't stand you. But Beyonce put it best years ago, and the song still hits home for us pretty people. Pretty hurts, Michaela. Pretty does Pretty hurt. Pretty hurts. It's not easy. <laughs> hurts really bad. Hurts so bad. The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela. Channel Q. I'm going to tell you about a little Miss Universe uh, from the from the great land down under, Australia. Her name is Maria Tatil, uh, and she has now publicly come out as bisexual, uh, which is fantastic, right? Normally, when people come out, we celebrate them, Michaela. Uh, and she's I celebrate year- no one but well, <laughs> AJ Gibsonian. She's a 28-year-old model. Uh, but the sort of circumstances surrounding her coming out are what people are taking issue with. Uh, she said she was, quote, outed through a dating app when a friend noticed her preference setting. Um, and 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 now here she is. Uh, she's 28 years old, like I said. She explained she'd previously chosen to keep her sexuality private because there were many homophobic, uh, homophobic sentiments around being a lesbian when she was growing up. Um, she was a star on I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here, Australia. Uh, and this is when she shared uh, hiding her childhood crushes and her struggle towards acceptance in a candid new interview. Now, she sat down and spoke with the Daily Telegraph, which is a, a publication over uh, abroad across the ocean. Uh, she said she's felt this for a very long time, but she did grow up having crushes on girls in school completely invalidated because of her religion, which we can relate to, and also yeah. because of all the homophobic uh, things that were going on and heteronormativity. But uh, she was busted on a dating app, uh, and she set her preference to both male and female, which led to a message from a friend of hers. And this said, quote, someone who just sent me a screenshot from your account, and we think there is someone out there pretending to be you and catfishing people. Uh, and then she said she freaked out and immediately changed her preferences back to men only, um, but then slowly decided, okay, I guess I sort of need to come out now because people are questioning me because of this. Can you imagine somebody, a friend or a family member, reaching out to you because they heard about your preference setting on a dating app? 
That's just so rude to me. I think it's so rude. And I think that the meanest thing somebody can do is out somebody and or question someone's sexuality when they've not been public about it. Mm. I will never forget, and I would never do this again. I just assumed somebody was gay. And so oh, I was. I've done that. Oh my God. It's like assuming a woman is pregnant. It's mm-hmm. literally the same when you realize. And I was like, yeah, okay, okay, queen, okay. And then he was like, yeah, my three daughters. And I was like, oh, did you? Like, I was just not getting it. Just I was floored. not getting it. I was like, oh, so, um, oh, did you adopt? And he was like, no, me and my wife wanted to. And it was that moment that I wanted to run myself over with my car because I was literally like talking like a gay man. I was like, yeah, you want to call? You want to talk mama? Like, you know how I am? I'm so annoying. Mm-hmm. And he was trying to be like, I'm not gay. And I was like, Ugh. so now I would never do that. I mean, I didn't like out him by any means, but I'm sure he went home and was like, am I present? Like, it, it just made him feel away, me feel away. Yeah, circling back around to the running yourself over with your own car uh, comment, mm-hmm. did you not do that because you came to your senses or because you were just out of gas, probably? I was out of gas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I just and make sure. I couldn't figure out how to right. keep the car yeah, going while I was under Very it. Very tricky. I did ask my dog Rocco to press the pedal when mm-hmm. I yelled, Press. But he's lost a lot of weight, so he doesn't really have the, the you know the girth yes. anymore to well, kind of get that. He was pedal. Yeah. COVID fat, and I, yeah. Doctor Halligan, <laughs> made me tell him to lose some weight, and yeah, he as, is as he should, very yes. fit. Now, to be to, in all seriousness, though, being outed is no is no joke, and I've been guilty of that too. It's just assuming people, and I always say like it's not a negative assumption. I don't put any negative connotation no. on one sexuality over the other. Um, uh, I don't. I don't really like cis straight men all that much because I don't trust them. I'm kidding. Uh, but but just my personal experiences have been those are the ones I've been afraid of the most in my life because they've been the most judgmental. But it's just as bad to be a queer person and to assume somebody else is queer, or to take it a step further and to out them. It sounds like her friend legitimately might have been looking out for her here and saying it looks like somebody might be catfishing because that is a real thing. People have made fake accounts about you and me. Michaela oddly oddly became friends with hers. Somebody made a fake account, a fan account, uh, and claimed to be Michaela. And Michaela reached out to have them shut it down and ended up hiring them to be her social media manager and to run the account as a fan account. She told me her life would be over if I didn't hire her. And I felt bad because she was 15. That's but a whole nother story. This, uh, this, uh, this queen is gorgeous. We, we welcome beautiful. her with open arms to the community, uh, but it's never okay to out somebody. So if, 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 if it's something that you think uh, uh, needs some answers, maybe find a better way to ask the questions or yeah. or just don't care. Just live don't, and let, let, let people live their care. lives. Yeah. I love that. That part. All right, coming up in What's Poppin', Kristen Stewart fans are not happy with Lady Gaga, and they're talking about it. We've got the story in What's Poppin'. Good morning, Beat. Channel Q. Michaela Gordon, I took a peek at this What's Poppin', and I just want to give you a little bit of a heads up. Uh, Don't drag Lady Gaga. Don't do it. (laughs) Not today. Not never. Okay? I'm going to drag her for filth right now. So, well. I'm going to take her to the streets. Okay. Well, she's Italian. So are you. Hi, Zon! Be smart. Okay. What's Poppin'? Listen, I love Lady Gaga, Um, but I think that... Lady Gaga and her portrayal in House of Gucci of the Gucci family was a a hit or miss. People either were totally obsessed with it 
or they totally were not. It's really difficult to do accents. It's really hard to do Italian accents because it also matters if it's Southern Italy, if it's Northern Italy. It There's so many things. I would never. Also, can I just say, I would never because I know. I, it's very difficult to do. Well, yeah, it's like if, if you're an American, if you live in, in Alabama, your accent is very different than if you live in Boston. And I think unless you travel the world, you don't think of these things. Yeah. So the region matters, the accent, the dialect matters. But why is Lady Gaga on the news right now? Is somebody mad at her? Well, the Screen Actor Guild announced their annual award nominations this morning, and Gaga managed to score a Best Actress nomination, while Kristen Stewart found herself out in the cold, honey. She did not get the opportunity and her fans are livid they're not happy about it um and a lot of people are upset one twitter user said the sagnoms are horrendous and show we're in for one of the worst oscar lineups ever don't look up and house of gucci will be this year's bohemian rhapsody how did kristen stewart get snubbed none of this is fair and it's not right um i i did you see kristen stewart no Okay, I also, I don't know how I feel about Kristen Stewart, to be honest. I think she's a bit boring on screen. Well, I also think it's really fascinating to me that you're going to drag Lady Gaga. Like, the problem is Lady Gaga. Yeah. When, when and there, there's also Jessica Chastain, Olivia Coleman, Jennifer Hudson, Nicole Kidman, all nominated in the same category. Now, those are all pretty heavy hitters. Jennifer Hudson's playing Aretha Franklin in Respect. It's a role she's played a half a dozen times. Jennifer Hudson always plays the same type of role. Yep. That's why she won a, a, an Academy Award for Dreamgirls years ago. She's going back to the same. She's playing iconic musicians, artists. Same thing. So if you want to get mad, and also, I'm not saying I'm not saying Jennifer Hudson doesn't deserve that nomination. But I know what you're saying. Um, what I'm saying is... It's the same role. When you Yeah, and when you, when you pinpoint another actor or actress as the reason your actor or actress did not get a nomination, it's so short-sighted and it's not fair. If, if they wanted to nominate Lady Gaga, that's their choice. A lot of people vote on this. It's not Lady Gaga's problem. If you nominate, you could have nominated me for, for a, a SAG award, and I could say I wasn't even in a movie. They're like, well, we want to nominate you. I'm going to take that nomination. Yeah. I'm going to show up to the party. I just think it's interesting, and I wish we'd stop doing this. It's not any other celebrity's fault that another celebrity no. didn't get something. And we should be looking at these women as powerhouses, Kristen Stewart and Lady Gaga. Stop pitting them against each other. Yesterday, I was getting my makeup done, and my makeup artist is obsessed with Nicki Minaj. So we were watching all these Nicki Minaj videos. And I was like, I miss Nikki. I wish that she would like make another comeback. And then I was like, how iconic would it be if Nikki and Cardi came out with a song together? And he was like, no, they hate each other. Yeah. And I was like, why? She's like, the media really just, I feel like, Nikki's pitting jealous. them against each Nikki's other. Nikki's jealous. I don't think Nikki's, but Nikki shouldn't be jealous. Nikki is completely different than Cardi. Nikki's kind of whack. I think that Nikki, I loved Nikki until Cardi came out. And then once Meg the Stallion came along, I was like, oh, I have two better options now. Good. But I think it'd be iconic if, listen. Little Kim crawled so Nikki could walk so Cardi could run. Mm. I mean, I feel like if they all got on stage together, that would be the moment. And then bring Meg the Stallion in her knees. It's just gorgeous. And then throw Sweetie in there because I'd like to also see that. Speaking of na- uh, nag, SAG nominations, nag nominations, SAG nominations, uh, Ariana DeVos, she's been on her show. Yeah. She was nominated once deal. again for her role as Anita in West Side Story. She's on a roll. She could win an Oscar this year and she was just on our show a few months ago. Yeah, I love it. Pretty incredible stuff. All right, well, coming up, it's Therapy Thursdays, and we're talking with uh, 
marriage and family therapist James Gay on going to therapy with your parents. It's something I experienced this week with my dad. And it didn't go as I expected. We'll talk through it next. The Morning Beat, Channel Q. Coming up this hour on The Morning Beat, it's Therapy Thursdays, and we're talking to our marriage and family therapist, James Gay, asking the question uh, that you've already sort of answered, uh, sort of, Michaela Gordon. Is it a good idea to go to therapy with your parents? Is that the way, the way to sort of get to know them again in a healthy way as an adult when you've got a lot of stuff from your past that needs attention? Uh, it's a traumatic sort of question to ask yourself, but if you've been considering uh, something like this or maybe going to therapy with a family member or somebody who's like family, uh, Michaela's going to share her personal thoughts and her own experiences as well as we're going to get some advice from James Gay. So it's Therapy Thursdays on the Morning Beat coming up in about 13 minutes, so stick around for that. It's going to be a powerful one. Right now, though, it's time for news on the beat. Uh, Michaela, what's going on? Okay, so Tina Kotek was the first lesbian to be Speaker of the Oregon House of representatives and she's also the longest serving speaker now she's running for governor and she'd be the first lesbian governor of oregon or any u.s state uh she says oregonians i want to be an oregonian oregonian yeah it's like origami <laughs> but different. i'm an oregonian listen oregonians <laughs> oh my god if i gave a press conference i'd say Listen, Oregonians. <laughs> okay, I'm done. I don't know well, why. You just read that for the first time in your life and realized it. <laughs> well, saying it out loud is like ridiculous. <laughs> okay, Oregonians, listen up. You deserve an experienced progressive leader who can get things done, Kotex says of her motivation to run. She's one of several candidates seeking the Democratic nomination, and there are numerous Republicans and one unaffiliated candidate in the race as well. The party primaries will be May 17th and the general election November 8th. Now, the field is so large, partly because Governor Kate Brown is prevented from running again due to her term limits. Brown, a Democrat, is the first out bisexual governor in the U.S. All right, another news. A federal judge in New York on Wednesday denied a motion to dismiss a lawsuit against Prince Andrew filed by Virginia Jiffrey, a woman who alleges she was sexually trafficked to the royal when she was underage. Miss Jeffrey's complaint is neither unintelligible nor vague nor ambiguous. Judge Lewis Kaplan wrote in the ruling, it alleges discrete incidents of sexual abuse in particular circumstances at three identifiable locations. It identifies to whom it attributes that sexual abuse. Uh, Jeffrey alleged in the lawsuit that the late Jeffrey Epstein trafficked her and forced her to have sex with his friends, including the prince, and that Andrew was aware she was underage in the U.S. at the time. It's so interesting to me that I I feel like, in a way, we just sort of quit hearing about this story. Like, Ghislaine Maxwell was a big deal in the news, but even when she was sentenced, I feel like that all kind of just went away and... I think, just continue talking about COVID. I think we've not heard the end of this. I think Prince Andrew is going to go down for this. Do you I think, think so? Yes, because a couple of things. The queen, the queen, unfortunately, I don't think is going to be with us much longer. Her health has been failing since the loss of her husband. I think that should her son take over the throne and not address this, I think it sets a really, 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 really bad sort of precedent for him moving forward, right. moving the throne forward. And I think that he could be a bit of a sacrificial lamb. And Virginia, uh, Jeffrey, Jeffrey, sorry, uh, she has been very consistent in her recounting of the events that she, uh, in the way she's accused Prince Andrew of the sexual assault. Uh, she's got photos, documentation, and she's been very, very consistent with that. 
And what we find time and time again, when women come forward, when they're this consistent and they're this solid, and they've been telling the same story for yeah. years and years and years, they're usually telling the truth. Yeah. So I think that uh, Prince Andrew could be in for a bumpy road in 2022. Absolutely. Absolutely. All and, right. and if it's all true, I hope I hope, I hope, hope he goes away to prison, obviously. Yeah, of course. Yeah. All right, well, let's get into a little bit of weather. It's going to be a high of 39 in Chicago, 43 in Cleveland, 52 in St. Louis, 61 in Sacramento, 73 in La Quinta, 52 in Seattle, 72 in Phoenix, 55 in Kansas City, 63 in Vegas, and 70 in L.A. There's some nice temperatures. I feel like it's that time of year where the weather's sort of all over the place. Back in Ohio, this is the time of the year when it used to snow a lot, and that doesn't change. It doesn't happen as much because of climate change. But here in the in Los Angeles, just the other day it was 80 degrees, and then yesterday it was kind of chilly. What's it going to be on your birthday? Do you know? Ooh, let me think. It's going to be gorgeous. I want to remind you, stunning. Kayla's birthday is tomorrow. If you want to get in on the fun, you all day go, long. Michaela. We're going to be celebrating that after we pay uh, homage to the iconic Scream franchise. This Scream Five, also known as Scream, comes out in theaters nationwide tomorrow. I will be going to an, an early screening tonight. I was supposed to be at the premiere the other day, and it got canceled. My chance to finally uh, meet Nev Campbell. I've been wanting to meet her for years. My friend Joseph does her hair. He's doing my hair for my wedding, so I'm close. But yes, I've you are. Still not met Nev Campbell. You're getting closer. Sydney Prescott. You're getting warmer. You and I are meant to be friends. Yes, you are. She probably would meet me and want nothing to do with me. That's not true. That's right. That's what my best friend should say. I know that's right. So after we get through celebrating Scream tomorrow, sidebar, side note, also Michaela's birthday. Also Michaela's birthday. There you have it. Here's your vibe of the day. Challenges are what make the interesting and over... <laughs> Challenges are what make life interesting and overcoming them is what makes it meaningful. Now, Sydney Prescott has overcome so much in those first four films. I hope she survives this one. I feel like somebody's going to die. My bet is on Dewey. Officer Dewey, yeah. played by David Arquette. Courtney Cox, she has nine lives. She's only used about four or five of them so far, so I think Gail Weathers is going to be okay. I'm going off on a tangent right now. I'm obviously getting very excited. Less than 12 hours, I'll be watching Scream 5 in a theater right down the street. So yes. That's my life today. Love that for you. All right, coming up, it's Therapy Thursdays. Uh, we're talking with marriage and family therapist James Gay about therapy with your parents. I went to therapy with my dad for the first time in a couple years, and it didn't go as I expected. Did it feel like a horror film? I felt like a horror. Wow. Amen. The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. It's time for another round of Therapy Thursdays. Joining us, one of our favorite therapists. He keeps us in line and helps us work through a lot of our issues. We both have plenty of them. Trust me, is our marriage and family therapist, James Gay. James, how are you? I'm well, thank you. Good to be here with you both again. Uh, we good, love that you're good here. Good to have you back. Happy 2022. Um, so, now. Happy New Year. Woohoo! Uh, is it though? Because because Michaela <laughs> just started something uh, something new yeah. this week that she's sort of still processing, and she mm-hmm. went to therapy with her father. Now we've talked about her relationship with her parents and mine with mine over the years here on the Morning Beat, uh, and this is a conversation that. It's delicate, uh, but it's important, and we're going to have it in two parts today. We're going to start off by focusing on the benefits of actually going to therapy with your parents and why that could be helpful. I talk about my parents in therapy all the time, but the, the, the topic of actually going to therapy with one of my parents is pretty daunting, and I think yeah. a lot of our listeners can relate to that. Uh, sure. So what, what good could come out of this, or should mm-hmm. Michaela just cut it off completely and just head for the hills? 
<laughs> yeah, that's that's our uh, initial reaction to do that, right? It's like, ah, get me out of here. <laughs> but the, the reality is that family therapy can be really useful for a variety of different issues, right? Whether it's sort of a strain in family relationships due to financial hardship or divorce or death of a loved one, or it's sort of, you know, one member of the family is having a particular issue, whether it's depression, substance abuse, or anything that's impacting the other members of the family. And the benefits are really about, you know, behavioral changes, dealing with interpersonal conflict, communication styles. It's a, it's really about addressing the system as a whole. And yeah, it is really, it can be really activating and anxiety provoking because our families are our longest relationships typically, right? Well, it's interesting because I, I've been in therapy for a full year now. And so I asked my therapist, I have a lot of childhood trauma. And and by the way, Michaela, I've known her for 15 years. She's a completely different person. Like more balanced and more aware and more kind than I've ever mm. seen her in her life. And I've always known that's who she is. But right. both of us have had issues presenting ourselves as that over the years because of our own trauma. So I just want to acknowledge a year so a year sweet. in therapy is a real thing. That's very it's something to be proud of. Thanks, honey. Love well, it. I, I really felt like I was getting to a place where I wanted to confront my dad. I haven't talked to him in a couple of years, and we have a really bad relationship. We'll go years without speaking, and then we'll try to connect again. We fight, and then that's it. So when we went into therapy this time, I hadn't seen or spoken to him. Um, and it didn't go how I thought it was going to go. I felt like I was very, very emotional. It was over Zoom, so I could see his face. Um, but I felt like he was a bit stoic and emotionally removed. And I took that as maybe he was uninterested in having a relationship with me, or maybe he didn't like me anymore. Um, which may or may not be the case. This is this is difficult yeah. for you. So, so for for anyone who is stepping into that space. You know, it's, it's, it's a, I told, I said, I said to Michaela the other day that it's both brave and shows an intense amount of grace to give a parent another chance in this way, because there's nothing in my calculation, in my experience in life, more vulnerable than going to therapy. Right. Absolutely. And doing it with someone else, it's like you're not in control of what's said or how mm. things go. It's, you know, it can feel a bit more like we're out of control in the sense that we don't necessarily direct what gets said and what gets shared. You know, I, I also want to just recognize the courage and the vulnerability that it takes to actually put ourselves in that kind of scenario. And obviously, you trust your therapist enough to have your back and to, you know, move things forward in a way that's hopefully helpful for your relationship, or at least helps you understand better, uh, you know, your relationship inside yourself with that father figure. So that regardless of what happens between you and your actual real dad, the way that you internalize the messages that you've received from him or the meaning that you make of that relationship is something that feels maybe slightly more understood or resolved, or you make meaning in a particular way that you can more thoroughly enjoy other relationships in, uh, in your life in ways that this may have held you back. Well, and that's that's the thing. It could benefit other relationships in yeah. your life, you know? Well, yes. I mean, I think that's why I did that. I will be so transparent. 
I was yeah. having a very difficult time with my partner. We've been together for almost seven years. And mm. the behaviors that I was taught watching my parents and the way that they treated me is how yeah. I was treating my partner. And not only have I been in therapy, but Lisa and I have been in couples therapy now also for almost a year. And we've grown yeah. exponentially and have realized we're madly in love. We just have bad habits um, that I want to fix. And so that was also the reason that I met with my dad, because I just don't want to do things that are hurtful to people anymore. But I will say that it did. It made me cry just talking about it. It's It was difficult to face him and feel like he, I felt like I was five years old again. I immediately went back. Oh there and the good news is he wants to meet weekly um and so i'm excited about that it is a bit confusing because i felt like he didn't like me anymore but he still wants to keep working at it so there's mixed messaging i feel this is kind of for michaela and i think a lot of people can relate to this what sort of expectations should she be placing on this because she had an idea of what she thought was going to happen after one session and it didn't work out the way that she thought it was going to but he is coming back for session number two. So for, sure. for Michaela and others who might be in a similar situation, what? how do you manage those expectations? Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, it's, let's be honest. It's, it's, you know, that little kid inside of us, of course, wants our parent to be invested and interested and willing to, you know, do things better and acknowledge the harm done. And they may or may not be interested or willing for the, the fullness of that conversation is certainly not up front. And so I think what's really important here is that at some point along the way, of course, we're going to regress when we're having these difficult difficult, challenging conversations, you know, that, that there be an adult sort of like a parent self inside of us that takes care of that wounded kid, you know, the one that felt rejected or was abused in, in a particular way or was invalidated so that you are showing up for yourself when your dad is not able to, whether it's in a first session or, you know, whether that's a continued sort of, you know, thing throughout your life, that, oh, that, that we show up for that young inner child that and part, we parent ourselves. The uh-huh. showing up, you know, I want to continue yeah. this conversation with you, uh, James Gay, our marriage and family therapist for Therapy Thursdays, because it, it, it's, it, you have expectations. I understand that we all do, but you're showing up, Michaela, and your dad is showing up so far. But what do our listeners do if they want to take this step and and, and step into therapy with maybe a loved one, a parent, a mom, or a dad, and they're not even willing to show up? How do you start that conversation? We're having that conversation with you in just a moment. Stick around. The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. Welcome back to The Morning Beat. We're having a two-part conversation on... Oh, gosh, the the difficult topic of going to therapy with your parents. We're joined again for Therapy Thursdays with our marriage and family therapist, James Gay. Uh, Michaela just kind of broke down a moment ago, sharing her own story with her dad. Now, Michaela, your dad has gone to therapy with you one session so far. Yes. And he's willing to go again. Yeah, I I think that it's... For anybody, listen, I'm not the only one with parent issues. Every single person in the world has parent issues, and I think that's why it's so relatable. I'm grateful that my dad wanted to come. I was a bit taken aback by his response just because he felt stoic. Um, But something that he said that I think is interesting, and maybe um, our community feels this too and we're estranged from both parents, he said, you know, I started talking to your mom again. We bonded over not talking to you. Mm. And that bothered me because I was like, that's where you bonded? Like, neither of you 
and my mom doesn't want to go to therapy right now and she doesn't want to talk about it. I'm still very angry, angry with her. So I am happy that my dad wants to go. What if you do have a parent that you want to go to therapy with? And they're like, no, because it's also a cultural thing. I was Italian. Nobody in my family. That generation doesn't like to talk about nobody anything. Nobody goes to therapy in my family. You went to church and that was it. You gave it to God. Yeah. So what do you do if, if totally. you want to, if you want to start the conversation, but your family's unwilling, uh-huh. what do you do? Well, I mean, there's not much to do other than to offer it and ask for what you want. You get to assert your need and check in and say, hey, our relationship matters to me. I think that this could be useful. You know, we've had various different times of trying to, you know, make amends and understand each other better, and it hasn't resolved on our own. So I think that we need the professional expertise of a third party involved to help us out. You know, and ultimately, at the end of the day, we can't force a parent to do that, but we can ask for it and know that our side of the fence is clean and we've done due diligence. You know, it's heartbreaking when our parent isn't interested in doing that kind of work or doesn't believe in it. How Mm -hmm. do you breach the conversation? Like if you think your parent could possibly be open to it, but they say things Mm -hmm. like, you know, what is a stranger going to tell me about my life that I don't already know? That's one I've heard from my family. And, And but that doesn't necessarily mean no. It Mm -hmm. just means I don't trust a stranger with my secrets. How do you breach that conversation? How do you start the conversation with a parent or a loved one? Yeah. Well, you know, I think just acknowledging that there are issues to begin with, and it's not about going on the attack or saying you're wrong or anything else. It's acknowledging that it is a dynamic that happens with two or more parties involved. And that, again, if there's been attempts to try and make amends and and help things go smoother and you just are at, you know, the end of that possibility that nothing has worked, having a professional expert in and describing, hey, you know, you may not believe in therapy. You may not think that a third person who isn't involved in our family can help, but why not, you know, take a a last ditch effort in trying to, you know, make this better, you know, and again, ultimately they have a choice not to do that. It's, It's one thing too, I think, to acknowledge that oftentimes, you know, family members, it's a system, you know, whether it's the parents that are divorced or whatever else bonding, you know, Michaela, ugh, over there not talking with you. Sometimes there's an identified patient, you know, where a family comes in and says, well, they're the problem, you know, but it's often that identified patient or scapegoat that is just seeing the family dysfunction and is no longer willing to abide by the same kind of rules that then gets targeted. Yeah, and I feel so, like a lot of people in our community, we tend to be the black sheep and the black sheep yep. tend to have nothing with the, in common with their family. And that was really right. difficult for me because I feel like a lot of my family family bonds on the fact that they live in the same hometown. They all have dinners together. They all live a very basic life and I don't speak to any yeah. of them. Yeah, and who do you think you are but for going out and chasing some dreams? A thousand percent. I will say though, when it came to my dad, I did take the first step. I reached out and I said, hi, uh, I first of all, I love you very much. I miss you. I um, would love to get to a place where we could have peace and I would love to go to therapy with you. And I'm very grateful he was very open-minded and said, right. I would love to go to therapy as well. And so that's how I did it. Um, mm-hmm. And I think, is that a good way to recommend some of our listeners if they want to take that step? Absolutely. Yeah. Whatever it takes to express the love and the goal of 
you know, having a better relationship, you know, I mean, it's a compliment and, and people can take it in that way or not. But, you know, it's, I think the more that we can frame it from a place of a desire to have a closer or a, a smoother relationship with our family member, you know, the, the greater likelihood of success in getting their um, participation. Mm, thank but again, you. not everybody's willing. Yeah. Right. That part. Well, we appreciate you so much. Uh, I love you. Thank you for giving us years of therapy here as well. Oh, Clearly, I was listening. It's been helping. <laughs> oh. and, um, and we appreciate We'll talk to you again for Therapy Thursdays. Sounds good. The Morning B. Channel Q. Apparently, the world is upset by a couple of the headliners for Coachella this year, and they're not upset about one of them. This is very confusing to me. People are fine with Kanye West, but they're it's upset about the who? It's me. It's just you? <laughs> you are our world, Vanessa. Vanessa, God, why you do you do this to us? You are our world. Kayla, please explain, explain. It's time for What's Popping. Okay, so the official Coachella 2022 lineup has been announced with Harry Styles, Billie Eilish, Kanye West, and Swedish House Mafia as headliners. Uh, and I'm very excited because I love Coachella. We covered it um, here at Channel Q. We actually went to Coachella. I heard. I lived my truth. I lived my truth. Was before my time. Um, now, Rage Against the Machine uh, will not appear. I was actually very excited to see Rage Against the Machine, but I'm also into rock right now. Uh, but people are thinking our world, people is our world, and our world is Vanessa Garcia, our producer, that Billie Eilish and Harry Styles might be too young to headline. But I understand where you're coming from. Okay, because you were like, no, they're not. Billie Eilish and Harry Styles are icons. Here's what I think you're maybe Vanessa you're bringing up that I could see Kanye West headlining Kanye West has been in the game he's put in the time so when you headline festivals like that you have all of these people underneath you basically to say like this is our this is a not a tribute but like this is where you uh, all of your hard work goes and it's not that Billy and Harry haven't put in hard work or they're not making huge, humongous things happen, but you kind of put like older legends and icons as the headliner. And then Billy is underneath that as she's being guided. I-, I could see what you're saying. What do you think? Okay, I think it's insane. So, and listen, I'm usually old and I'm usually like, ah, come on. Like these kids nowadays, I don't understand it. But I'll say this Harry Styles is part of One Direction. They sold 70 million albums before he even became a solo artist. If, if he's not established, and he's, and, he's re- and he's released two solo albums so far, if he's not established after pushing, we're probably over 100 million albums now all in. Well, and to your I, point, I don't know what is. And Billy, Harry and Billy, yep. if you had only Kanye-like artists, you would have yes. people in their 30s and 40s. That's because it's our generation. Like, Billie Eilish and Harry Styles will keep the 21-year-olds. Mm-hmm. We'll keep it a fun festival atmosphere. Because 30s yeah. and 40s, you're kind of having kids. You, you're not going to go do shrimp. I mean, I would, but I'm going to be 34 yeah, it's and not have a, a lot, lifestyle. It's not a bunch of 40-some-year-olds who are checking out Coachella. I'll be I'll be on the older end of the people that are at Coachella, right? Um, and Billie Eilish, Billie Eilish, I found out about Billie Eilish because of Coachella. A few years ago, when she did her set, she was like a teenager. Everybody everywhere was only talking about Billie Eilish. Yeah. I think it's an incredible lineup. Yeah. The only one I would toss out would be Kanye. I think he's incredibly talented, but I think he's insane. Um, <clears throat> But he's super talented and deserves to be there. Yeah. All right. Well, I uh, I see why. I see both points very clearly. 
uh, and I'll be excited to see Billy. Now, this next story is crazy. Coming up in the next hour, a woman puts a baby up for adoption after the sperm donor lied about his ethnicity. What's crazy is I can... The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela, Channel Q. Did you hear that, Michaela? Those those were our names. Yes. It's our show. Yes. The Morning Beat. We're famous, everybody. <laughs> Thank you so we much for listening uh, listening to our show, as always. Uh, you'll get a little bit of that from time to time. Michaela just randomly singing. I don't know that it was out of tune or out of pitch. Listen, uh, here's what you're getting from me in there. 2022. You're getting me. Authentically me. You know what I gave you in 2020? My heart, my soul. I talked about COVID, and I gave you the news. In 2021, I gave you a lot of my dysfunction as I worked through <laughs> therapy. And in 2022, I'm lighthearted little angel sent from the heavens, and I'm going to tell you all about this I'm going to talk. It's a very accurate depiction of my co-host to my left over there. Uh, and if therapy is something <laughs> that you still need, Michaela's apparently fixed all of her problems last year. She just let us know. If therapy is something you're still interested in, we had a fantastic two-part conversation with our marriage and family therapist in our Last hour uh, for Therapy Thursdays, you can check that out by heading over to wearechannelq.com and downloading the Odyssey app. Listen to our show as a podcast. Uh, there or anywhere else you get your podcast, please tell your friends and family to do the same. We appreciate the support. Coming up this hour on the morning, beat in about 15 minutes, we're having a conversation uh, about uh, surrogacy and and sperm donors and what is actually the most important thing when you're starting a family. Uh, one woman is being called terrible by some while others completely understand where she's coming from when she decided to put her child that she had with a sperm donor up for adoption. Now, this is something you're going through with your partner, this Lisa. This is a crazy Lisa. story. And I, I kind of get it. It might divide our listeners. It's complicated and complex, but we're having it here on The Morning Beat in about 12 minutes from right now, so stick around for that. Currently, though, it is time for News on the Beat. Michaela, what's going on? All right, so Delta Airlines lost $408 million in the final quarter of 2021, dragged down by a COVID-19 surge that rocked the airline in December, and the carrier predicted today that it will suffer one more quarterly loss before travel perks up in spring and summer. Now, CEO Ed Bastian said 8,000 employees have contracted COVID-19 over the last four weeks. Sick workers and winter storms have led to more than 2,200 canceled flights since December. Cancellations have dropped sharply in the past few days, but the spate of spiked flights cost the airline $75 million. And the latest outbreak caused by the Omicron variant of the virus is expected to push the industry's recovery back by two months. Delta, one of many airlines getting hit right now. Did you know, though, that Delta... As an organization has supported the gay men's course for over 10 years. Did you know that? I think that's pretty iconic. Well, I'll tell you who has not been supporting gay men for a long time is uh, people that need blood. Oh, that puts you blood. You cannot donate blood. <laughs> so the Red Cross? Yeah. Ugh. Those people. Uh, the Red Cross has announced that for the first time in American history, we are facing what they are calling a national blood crisis. Due to the increase in COVID infections, there is a lack of people donating blood, plus a high number of blood drive cancellations and staffing shortages. These have led to the country having a dangerously low blood supply. In 2021, the Red Cross had a 34% decrease in new donors, a frighteningly large decline. But I'm going to say, I feel like with all the science we have, with everything we know... They have been, they have banned gay men and bisexual men for decades. And I wish that they would literally 
I mean, we've come a long way. If you can create a test to test for COVID-19 in less than 15 minutes at home. You can see that. If you can create all these vaccines in under a year, you can figure out whether or not queer people, gay men in particular, can donate blood. Yeah. Especially if you're having a blood shortage. Yeah. You can figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I've had sex with a man in in the last six months. Sure. I've also had sex with the same man for nine and a half years. Listen, I'm going to put this in perspective, okay? I, you don't want gay men. I tried to give blood when I was 21, but I forgot that I was going to have a nice night out. And when I went to give my blood the next day, I was still pretty hungover and they never asked me back. So you know what? Oh, you donated blue agave. I did. Oh, I did. I'm such a giver. <laughs> Love that about me. Okay, oh. let's get into a little bit of weather. It's going to be a high of 70 in LA today, 63 in Vegas, 75 in Palm Springs, 55 in Kansas City, 57 in San Francisco, 45 in Baltimore, 37 in Buffalo, and 39 in Chicago. Now give us a vibe of the day. Really, really happy to know it's 70 degrees in LA today because I know exactly how to dress uh, when I go see Scream 5, also known as Scream tonight at the movie theater. It comes out tomorrow. This is not an ad. I'm just really excited. Tomorrow's also your birthday, so I did book tickets to go see the movie tonight just in case you needed me for anything tomorrow. God bless you, baby. I booked, I, I'm also seeing it three times tomorrow, so I probably won't be available. I, listen, you can that. say da-da-da-da-da-da-da. I want to come in tomorrow, and I want it to be a party. I want a mariachi band. That's not happening. I want excitement. Nope, COVID. I want fun. Can't happen. And I want to go into my birthday with excitement. Okay. And I want a hundred dollars. A hundred dollars. You need to set your sights a little bit higher, but I adore you. I want a hundred dollars from you. What are you going to do with it? Go to the Cheesecake Factory? Yep. Your favorite restaurant? You know it, Didn't baby. I get you a gift card last year for your birthday and then you lost it? Yeah, that happened. Okay, so I here did. we are. That Once is... you find that, I'll get you a new one. Okay. Deal. Yelling. Here's your vibe of the day. Challenges are what make life interesting and overcoming them is what makes life meaningful. You can get through it. Trust yourself. Believe you can get through it. I love that. I love that. All right. Well, coming up, I'm really, I have to say, by the way, I've loved our show. I feel like it's just been so great going into the new year. Conversations have been great, relatable. We're fresh and funny. We're fresh and funny. And this story is like the rest. Now, imagine having a sperm donor donate their sperm and then find out later on that they lied about their ethnicity, but now the baby's here. What would you do? Well, one woman's getting dragged, but I don't know if I wouldn't do the same thing. Find out next. The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela, Channel Q. Okay, so this story is really dividing the internet. This woman puts her baby up for adoption, uh, and the reason might shock you or you might agree with her completely. Now, surrogacy and sperm donation are conversations that we have a lot in our community, right? Because especially as as queer men or as lesbian women, the way that we start families is different. Emil and I, either we find a sperm, not a sperm donor, an egg carrier, uh, a surrogate mother, or we adopt. For you, you and Lisa, you have to find a sperm donor and then decide who carries the child, 
right? And yes. that is a conversation you've been having. You've been having with HRC Fertility for quite a while, uh, possibly freezing your eggs and preparing for motherhood down the road well, when you're ready. It's been an interesting journey for us, just to be completely transparent. We are working with HRC Fertility. We looked through sperm uh, banks, which they provide. It became very overwhelming. We did ask somebody that we know if he would be the sperm donor. He respectfully declined. I just wasn't comfortable with Shut it. I'll be honest. <laughs> but if you're listening, uh, that was something that we went through asking somebody and then them saying no. Um, and, and, and we totally understood why and we totally get it. So we're back at the sperm donors, but something that's coming up a lot right now is ethnicity because Lisa uh, doesn't have any viable eggs. So they will be my eggs um, and then it'll be the sperm donor. And Lisa wants to have a Middle Eastern Armenian baby because culturally that would just be something that we would like. Sure. It's very difficult to find Armenian sperm. It's been unbelievable. You just want a Kardashian. I do just want a Kardashian baby. <laughs> Get out of me, little Kardashian baby. Well, this woman is getting uh, mixed reviews on the internet right now. It's a Japanese woman. She uh, wanted to have another child. She's in her 30s. And she thought she found a successful Japanese man who went to a prestigious university, Kyoto University. So she actually went on and had sex with him 10 times. <laughs> a little untraditional way to find a sperm donor. Actually, that's probably the most traditional way to find a sperm donor. And she thought she was all set. So she has the baby and then realizes that this man was lying. He's not only not Japanese, he's Chinese. He also never went to this prestigious university. So all of these things that she was looking for in a sperm donor for her child, it's the only reason she was having sex with him, turn out to be false. So she sues him for nearly $3 million, 2.86 to be exact, and puts the child up for adoption because it's not the kid she wanted. Ooh, honey. What, um, what, what, has she gone too far? Yeah. Does it make sense to you? What happens to this poor kid? What do you think? What are your thoughts? I think that, okay, I do understand the desire to have a specific ethnicity. I really do. And if you would have asked me two years ago, I would have said no. But because Lisa's eggs are not viable, it was really important for us to have the Armenian culture because because I want to give that to Lisa. So I, I'm pretty dead set on that. However, we've also had to have the conversation if we cannot find an Armenian sperm donor, are we okay with going uh, in a different direction? And I would be. And we would love the baby. Uh, look, however God gives us the baby, sure. I'm going to love the baby. It's our baby. And just to clarify, in, in, in Japan, there isn't a regulated sperm donor system. They just yeah. don't have it. You can't go to a fertility clinic like you can in the United States. It's not regulated. It doesn't exist, which is why she f sought out this man he lied to her. She had sex with him 10 times, and that's how she got the sperm donation. Well, and I think that, oh, I mean, it's a it's a complicated situation because she could also be feeling guilt for having sex 10 times with another man that's not her husband. And then it wasn't even the outcome that she wanted. And so maybe that's a reminder. Like, we don't know how deep this goes with this mm -hmm. woman. Um, I will say, though, I would never give the baby up for adoption. Well, because here's the thing. She actually is married. Another another wrinkle in the story. But her husband has a hereditary disorder 
that could have been passed on to his offspring. So that's, so that's what, what she I, was thinking. Like, imagine you're with your husband. Sure. You can't have a baby. Sure. You sleep with somebody 10 times. Got it. And then you don't get what you slept with him for 10 times. Yeah, he lied in to her you. Opinion. So I understand how she's hurt. But also, if the goal was to avoid that hereditary disorder, possibly, right, she could have accomplished that. This kid, by all accounts, as far as we know, is completely healthy. So it doesn't sounds like that wasn't the only goal. She needed him to be Japanese, which I get that, and also go to this specific university. Does that mean I think it's okay to put that child up for adoption? Well, you could look at it one way and say that kid's probably going to be in a much more loving situation at some point because you don't want that baby being raised by a woman like this. But I can't imagine because... Listen, I grew up with a sister, a stepsister for many years who had special needs. She passed away at the age of 15. She weighed 32 pounds. And it changed our family. We all grew because of it. And yeah. she was a blessing. But also, I couldn't help but think for my stepfather who raised her from birth, it would have been so much easier for him had she just not been born, to be fair. It also would have been easier for her. She had a rough life, a lot of surgeries, and just never really got to have the experience of living. So in that way, I'm like, it would have been easier, right? But this child, this child that she had is healthy. This child she had just it's wants wild. to be loved and accepted, loved and accepted. And that's that's what's wild to me. And as a man who will have a family someday with my partner, you know, we're planning our wedding right now. I don't know what that's going to look like. I don't know and if we'll have a what? surrogate, and I don't know if we'll adopt. Let me tell you, it doesn't turn out like you you think like it you will. Like you plan. Like, mm-hmm. I never saw my experience having a child ever looking like this. And I will tell you, when we started with HRC Fertility last year, there's a reason it's been over a year that we haven't gotten started. We're not lazy. We're not not looking. No. We're not putting it off. When we found out last April... That Lisa's eggs were not fine. Here's how we saw it. We saw it as we'd get the sperm donor. I would have my eggs. We would get Lisa's eggs. I would carry my egg in a sperm, and then I'd carry her egg in a sperm. We'd have two babies, one biologically Lisa's, one biologically mine, and raise them in love. When we found out that Lisa did not have viable eggs, I was it's a woman essentially finding out that she cannot have kids. Mm-hmm. And we like mourned that. We had to have that moment. And Well, Lisa's closer to my age and you're you're younger. You're the younger in the relationship. But age doesn't matter because I then was diagnosed with PCOS, which mm. is the number one cause of infertility. It's just what your body wants or does not want. Sure. So then we had to grieve I may not be able to have children. I will say I'm seeing an incredible specialist. I'm on medicine. I think that I'll be okay. But it's like you learn all these things about you, your partner, your body. And I want people to remember that when you think of gay couples, when you say we shouldn't get married, when you say we shouldn't adopt, when you say all of these things, how hard we have to work for the things that we just want that you guys get to have that's not illegal. You know what I wish people would realize? If If we actually get married, if we actually start a family, it's because we fought and we've marched and we've prayed on it many times. And it is a very specific, thought out decision yeah. that we've fought for. Not because we eloped one night randomly in Vegas, not because we knocked up our partner and just happened to have a kid and dealt with it. It's because we were thoughtful about it, which is why I think this woman is the lack of thought. She over she almost overthink was thinking it and then just ditched the kid. That yeah. poor child. I hope that I hope that they find a, a happy home. Yeah, I think it's so sad. I, I hate that.
All right, as tributes continue to pour in for Betty White, I can't believe it's been almost two weeks since we lost her. Actually, two weeks, I believe, today since we lost Betty White on New Year's Eve. We're two weeks into 2022, and the tributes keep pouring in. This one's a little bit unconventional, but beautiful nonetheless. A donkey born on Christmas Day. Apparently didn't have their name just yet. Took them a little bit of time. And thank God they did wait, because this donkey was named after the late Betty White, who donated to the Texas Rescue for years where this donkey was born. Uh, we're talking about the Peaceful Valley Donkey Rescue in San Angelo, Texas. She's been giving them money since 2006. Now, we know she's very philanthropic, raised a lot of money for a lot of different animal shelters across the country. But what a way to honor uh, Miss Betty White, this this donkey that was born on Christmas Day is a little bit of a miracle, if you ask me. Uh, also, this donkey is is white. It's a white donkey. This donkey is named Betty White. First of all, you've missed everything <laughs> I was trying to tell you. There are two donkeys in this photo. One is a very large donkey, and then standing next to the very large is the very little donkey. Okay. And if you guys want a visual representation of what you get every morning, Monday through Friday, 6 to 10 a.m., Pacific, 9 to 1, Eastern, that is what we look like. Also, just just in case you're curious, uh, we are a radio station, not visual, visual, it's audio, 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 so people don't know how tall you are or I am, Michaela, they only hear our voices. That's why I'm giving them the visual, think of a very big donkey and a very little donkey. <laughs> Because we make asses of ourselves every day. All day, every day. <laughs> we are the Betty Whites of the radio world, ladies and gentlemen. Honestly, we are iconic. How, how tall are you again? 5'2". You're actually 5'2". Lady Gaga said she was for her documentary, you know but she's not mad. actually 5'2". It makes you so mad. Okay, And I I'm 6'5 and a half. So you can imagine the two of us strutting around. He's also in real life my best friend. So it's not like we like no, just do I'm the not. show. Stop. He's my best friend. And so the two of us, we look like twins. I'm Danny DeVito and he's Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> That's how we look That's like awesome. when we're walking around. Oh, you're wild. I love it. Listen, I think we should end on that. That made me laugh. It was a great show today. Uh, thank you to all of our guests. Therapy Thursday was super Tomorrow's, special. Tomorrow, I got to say this. I know that you usually do the outros. And I just really, this is very special. because I, I'm going to murder you. I want to make sure, know. speaking of murder, scream. Uh, Five comes out tomorrow nationwide. I'm it's gonna, my birthday, you idiot! I'm going to be seeing Scream, the legacy characters of, uh, you know, Sydney Prescott, I swear Gale to God, Weathers, if you don't have a mariachi band and a Deputy cake. Dewey, and a they're big, all coming back I and I'll be Dolly there. I want Dolly Parton. I want Fran Drescher. Also, I want Barbara Streisand. Also, I want tomorrow is Michaela Gordon's 29th birthday again. Birthday. So we'll be celebrating the day that. day of my birth. So tomorrow, just to break it down on the morning beat. It's a national holiday. Uh, one B it's or one one A. One A is scream Everyone out in gets theaters. Monday off from work because and one, it's my birthday. One so. Z. Have would a good be rest Michaela of your Gordon's day. birthday. So join us. And we'll see you then.